This week's two-parter is an adult story for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, you can skip these and there'll be new stories for you next week. You're listening to The Voice of Dog, and today's story is the first of two parts of When the Needs Are Denied by Mikasi Wolf, a Singaporean wolf mercenary writer. When the Needs Are Denied formerly appeared in the Breeds, Foxes anthology, published by Thurston Howell Publications, now Bound Tales. His works have been published by Fur Planet, Rabbit Valley, Gold Publications, among others, and you can find more links to more of his stories on his Fur Affinity or Wikifur page. Today's story will be read for you by Crimson Ruari, the Mountain Smith. Please enjoy When the Needs Are Denied by Mikasi Wolf, Part 1 of 2. As a fox, I just can't get enough of it. You know what? Fuck that. No one can get enough sex. Anyone who says otherwise is a lion weasel or a snitch and ferret, and that includes those two species as well. It doesn't matter if you're dog or bear, wolf or hare, everyone feels the instinct at some point in their life. Or I should say, every point in their life. Since I turned 18, I've been hooking up with guys and girls every other week. They don't call it the freedom of adulthood for nothing. It started off as an experiment to see which end of the scale I turned to, along with the more tangible and, well, pleasurable benefits. By the end of year two of my sexual journey, I'd come to one conclusion. I was neither straight nor gay. A most happy dilemma, I would say. Then I started seeing this guy I met at the air show. I was always one for technology, especially the kind that goes boom and whoosh, so I'd been going ever since I moved to this city. It's among the best choices I ever made. I don't think my parents would have liked finding out what I got up to each and every night, and I can't exactly have anyone sleep over at a place that wasn't mine. Even if we went at it all quiet-like, I've no doubt my parents would have had a fit if they heard and smelt anything that resembled whatever they did to have me and my bros. Dad probably wouldn't mind too much. My ma caught him a couple of times with some vixen or another. But my ma, she called the shots in the house. My parents were good, but they can be a pain when it came to giving orders and all that. I went to all the schools and lessons that they told me to, and even got a job that they found somewhat acceptable for one of the vulpine. We foxes prided ourselves on having good jobs in education, however one might define it. I must say, however, that the knowledge in the streets is just as important as that in the sheets. Not knowledge I could use firsthand in my day job in engineering, though I am sure I would have made a great sex toy designer. Oh, the sights I've seen. But back to the air show. I was examining an unmanned drone built by some company or other. Something about the sleek curves along with its most phallic design had me wondering what it would be like to have it at my disposal. Forget the $2.5 million price tag. Figuratively, I mean. They don't have paper tags on things that X. Granted, I was also wondering about the engine propulsion that went into this thing and how smooth and comfortable it'd be to ride on. The thing about foxes is, we tend to have a stronger scent than most other species. Not that we stink, though many species would say otherwise. Because of that, most other species could easily notice every little scent we gave off, and in the case of the fox caressing the phallic drone, the scent of my arousal. Unlike the other visitors and exhibitors, Sasha noticed me. He was representing the company whose drone I was getting all wet over, 
and being a sable meant that he was used to picking out the finest smells between the stronger overlion scents. He told me more about the drone's features, such as range, payload, along with how well it would give ground-based troops a run for their money. He then told me we could talk more about it later when he was off his shift. We then got to know each other better. You'll excuse me if it just happened, but I find it's as good an introduction to someone as any. Dad always said that one should find someone a similar interest to spend your time in life with, and I can't quite say I disagreed with him. Sasha sure knew a pent-up guy when he smelled one, and though I offered to show him a good time, all we did was feel each other up. Some of the empty booths of the exhibition hall were perfect for such endeavors, though not so suitable for any hard action if you get my meeting. We left separately after that, dripping and satisfied, and with his musk tingling in my nostrils, I knew I had found the one for me. I returned to the air show the next couple of days and met up with Sashi each time. He was surprised I turned up again after all that, but from his peaked ears and bright eyes, it was clear he appreciated the sentiment. When he was sure I wasn't just hooking up with him for an easy source of one-on-one action, we started going out. And that, as they say, was that. We had a good thing going. Both of us were about the same age and from engineering background, so we understood the life. Such as how some inane last-minute documentation could make the difference between going back on time or a lost weekend. He likes reading up on military technology. I like doing that alongside playing Call of Duty. He likes going to the range to pop off some rounds. I like going there and pretending I'm playing Call of Duty. That got me in trouble a few times with the range owner, but there were plenty of laughs between Sasha and me. It's almost like we were made for each other. As for our more personal encounters, Sasha enjoyed sex as much as the next guy. A great match, don't you think? Thing was, he's not as zealous about it as I was. Not that he didn't like it or perform poorly on one side of the equation. He was just as enthusiastic bottom as he was a top. He could even give and receive head like no equal. But it was his frequency of it that got me. We had been together for about a year now. Sasha had moved into my rental apartment six months before. Early in the relationship, he'd comment how much sex must be taken in moderation, such as how it depletes one's energy, mood, and all that. That would have been a warning sign to someone of my sensibilities were it not for the fact that I understood it as well-meaning advice a loved one would give. Someone like him would give. He never really denied it to me for the first few months we were together either, and I wasn't naive enough to believe it was due to his submissive nature. Sasha wasn't a yes-man. He said what he meant and disagreed with things he felt weren't right and fair. He could be equally persuasive at work or in the street, and once... My sable even stood up to a bear taking up two seats in the bus we'd taken for a night out, and I was sure it would finally be curtains for him. But lo and behold, the bear chose to stand, letting another couple sit. I kept looking and sniffing over my shoulder all the way back, just in case the bear was sucking it up just to get even with us in an alley somewhere. Smaller species such as us both were far more likely to become victims, according to countless government statistics. But the one person Sasha couldn't sway was me. Maybe we were far too alike, maybe I felt I was always right, but our arguments, be it over what groceries to buy or movie to watch, always ended up in a compromise. Except the question of sex. 
Sasha never liked having sex during weekdays, and even Sunday at times. He says he needed to conserve his energy so that he doesn't feel like he's been wasted on booze. He said his boss had already threatened to fire him if he comes to work looking like shit, and he can't possibly tell his boss what he'd been doing up the night before. Even in the 21st century, there were people who couldn't get around the fact that sex was a natural part of life and recreation. So I compromised, holding back my urges so that I was asking him to play every two or three days instead of one. Conan, ain't I? Sasha relented about half the time, but I could see he wasn't quite into it after that. He went through the motions whenever we went at it. Several times when I was topping him, I finished, only find out he'd doze off. He didn't even get to come. About seven days after that, we started quarreling, till he told me he could always leave if I didn't like it. So I let it be. If I was crafty, he could be even more so. From then on, he took to coming back late with the excuse that he had work to do. I'd read all the smut available online and from mail-order catalogs, so initially I thought he was sucking off the boss or something. But Sasha denied it whenever I asked. He wasn't one to lie, and given that every relationship is built on trust, like what we both had, I let it be. Besides, he always commented on getting a house of her own one day, and I couldn't fault him for putting in overtime towards it. Things were such that I rarely saw him anymore. He would return just after midnight and go for a quick shower before going to bed. He didn't smell like he'd been fucking anyone, boss or otherwise, so I figured he'd been telling the truth about that. Part of me wanted to make it up to him for all the hard work he'd been doing, but he was always real tired at that time, same as I, so I kept myself in check. In the morning, I would see him briefly in the kitchen, where we had a quick bite before he left with a nuzzle on my cheek. Then, off we went to the office, where insane bosses and pointless documentation awaited. I respected Sasha's wishes. I really did. But I always had uncomfortable tension in my loins that kept me on edge, such that I couldn't even get to sleep. And yet Sasha tempted me by lying oh so close every night, and only his wishes kept me from jumping him in the middle of the night, gasping and panning to a satisfying release. Jacking off barely helped. The lone son of my own musk reminded me what my sable was denying me, and always left me feeling frustrated and sour afterwards. I wanted to hold him, breathe in his scent, and even taste him if I'm so inclined. By the third month, without a warm body above or beneath me, I made my decision. I had to find it elsewhere. Not that I was dumping my sable or anything like that. Despite his lack of enthusiasm with regards to higher pleasures, he didn't deserve this. It wasn't the first time I'd been in a relationship. Now granted, my previous and first relationship lasted longer than three consecutive nights went on for a full month, only for my then-boyfriend Randy to bail on me one night. I later found out that he needed a place to crash while he's waiting for his house renovations to complete. Tragic, but true. The fact that Sasha and I hit it off from the start, with so many things in common, made me appreciate him all the more. I just needed to find someone who didn't mind getting to know good old Foxy better, even if they were just for one night. One day. It didn't make a difference unless I got to run back to work straight after. Even if I go straight back to the office showers, some colleagues might catch a whiff of what I've been up to, and then the whole department get talking. I've heard of cabbies and delivery guys cruise around with their grinder app on and score several times in the space of the day, 
though they have a flexibility with their schedule, added in half. But the problem with the one-night stands is that they work best when you weren't committed to anyone. Sasha never said he wanted our relationship to be closed, but just who actually says that out loud? Hey, Cliffy, can we have closed relationship? No fucking around behind each other's backs, all right? You get the picture. If I were to go back to my usual hangouts and cruise around the way I had, there's always a chance that word of my deeds would spread. Sasha and I weren't recluses. We had friends and acquaintances, just like any other guys, and who's to say someone we knew wouldn't inform on the other? I needed a more foolproof plan, somewhere where discretion was key, and also where a guy having a night out was commonplace. To the east side of the city lies the red light district, known locally as the night market. This was a holdover from colonial days when prostitution was illegal. During then, patrons had to use code words in their conversation for fear of being arrested by undercover cops. It was perfectly fine to tell someone you're heading over to the market, rather than the palace of treasures. Part of me felt this was cheating, but the way I saw it, Sasha had it coming. It wasn't like I was leaving him for whoever I would be fucking at the night market, and it's criminal of him to deny me what every man needed. Hell, what every organism needed. Even amoeba see the need to split and multiply or whatever man of self-fucking is called. That said, I could easily get what I came for there, make my way back long before Sasha returned. Two of us would remain together, happy, and satisfied with life. The moment I finished work the next day, I got my stuff in order. Enough cash for the ride home, a couple hundred more for the services of an impressionable stud. Loose fit and casual clothes so that onlookers don't assume they know where I'm headed. Driver's ID in case someone needed to identify my badly beaten self. I've had many an experience with bouncers before and rarely do they ever play nice. Even the mice don't mess around. Public transport, out of the question. Chances are someone I knew might see where I'm headed. I called a cab, and while I waited, I strolled up and down the street, sniffing around for anyone who might be watching from the sides and alleys. I took a last look down both ends of the street as my cab arrived, giving directions quickly as I sat on the back. I looked behind as the cab rolled onward, heaving a heavy sigh of relief when it was clear no one was following me. It would be a real bitch if Sasha hired a private eye to keep tabs on me, but I was probably thinking too much into it. There was a faint scent of the past two customers coming from the back seat, some rodent or other. Some cab drivers sprayed decentify on their car every now and then, especially the cadence, and this was no different. The cab driver, a tawny-colored coyote with gray and fur, looked into the rearview mirror at me. He grinned knowingly as I returned the gaze. Ah, the first time's most jittery of all, Coyote nodded, and it gets easier. What do you mean, I asked. I fought to stay calm, because, curse it, we canines could smell fear. The directions I'd given didn't lead directly to the night market itself. It'd be a fine thing to say, head to the red light district and face the hard, silent stare of the driver who was bringing me there. I'd instead given directions to the streets adjacent to the area, which was famous for its fruit stalls and eateries. Son, I've been in this biz long enough to know what's what. The driver laughed. I'd always been creeped out by the way wolves and coyotes laughed. It sounded like a staccato up box, interspersed with an underlying howl beneath it. Everyone thinks they always got it covered. 
taking the long way to the night market, always alighting two to three streets away, looking over the shoulders when they do. Some even tell me they're here to enjoy the food. I'm not, I began, but the coyote waved my comment aside. We'd left the residential district where I lived, and I almost couldn't recognize the roads we were taking. The bus route to my office was in exact opposite direction to wherever we were heading. I used to recall kids back in school speaking of things that happened on the east side, such as gang wars and crackheads lining the alleys. It's supposed to be all clean up now, but the stories of my youth still had weight in my apprehension. Like many red light districts across the world, the streets that made up the night market was supposed to be officially gazetted for that very purpose, though the government didn't exactly make it known. It'd be quite the scandal for a minister to admit that the government agreed to such a demarcation. I ain't judging you, son. There's many reasons to seek the pleasures of another. Would you really fault anyone for that? If the big guy above didn't want us fucking, he wouldn't have given us the stuff to. I wasn't religious or anything like that, but I couldn't quite disagree with him. Listen, Mr. Uh... You can call me Cassie or Cabby, whichever you prefer. The driver nodded at me. Right. Well, Cassie, you're right. Everyone wants to have a good one every now and then. I'm no different. I eyed Cassie in the rear of mirror, trying to gauge if he was homophobic or not. Then I figured, hell, if he was, he'd be hard-pressed to beat me down at his age. But my boyfriend, he doesn't understand how it feels not to get any. He even tries avoiding me to get out of it. Not that it's my right to impose on him, but I do understand. It's one of the more common reasons for it to happen, Cassie replied. I didn't have to ask if he meant my cheating rather than Sasha's avoiding me. But folks ain't all born alike. Otherwise, the world would be born as hell. The fact that you two still together, I'm guessing this ain't a short-term thing, means that your differences probably complement one another. It's fine if you go have your fix or whatever you call it somewhere else, but you got to remember when other people gets involved, that's when you start seeing the faults and the flaws in one another. Coyote gave a sigh. Flaws that would otherwise have been accepted as part of the person. Whores know better than to get attached, but they're professionals. Same can't always be said for their clients, and old Cassie's been there. And here's your stop. I was so engrossed in Cassie's verbiage, I hadn't noticed the streets around us. I could see that we were right outside a most colorfully lit street, illuminated with neon and all the newfangled digital lighting contraptions. Pink lighting predominated much of the streetscape, and then I realized Cassie decided to drop me off at my actual intended destination, Directions Be Dan. Uh, this ain't the place I asked for, I protested. Save it, son. If you step out now, the ride's on me, replied Cassie. For the first time, he turned around and regarded his passenger. Just remember what I said and consider it square. Huh, some preacher this guy was. But I could always save on cash. I muttered my thanks and exited, and the thud of the door behind me was louder than I intended. Cassie drove away, and I lifted my muzzle to catch the sights and the sounds. It turned out that despite trying to maintain some semblance of unobtrusiveness by being a good 60 meters from a side of the road, the entrance to the district advertised its wares glaringly enough. A flashing lit bulb sign alternated from a right point nearer to the words Anna. Two foxes, one fennec and one gray, sidled up to me, but I did my best to ignore their words and pause. 
deciding to head deeper into the market for a choice of look. I stepped through the lightly illuminated alleyway, sidestepping working girls and boys alike, including a couple of dazed-looking patrons. I wrinkled my nose at the stench of sex coming off of one of them. Weasel, ferret, and skunk, tinged with the underlying scent of rodent. A most enjoyable and pungent foursome, if I had to hazard a guess. Then I stepped into the main square, where the sights and the sounds of the night market assailed me. More neon signs crafted in a myriad of species outlines showed itself, all voluptuous and dainty legs. I could identify those of cats and horses very easily, but generic canine and mustelid outlines could refer to any number of subspecies. Loud booming music could be heard from multiple joints, all meandering into an unintelligible noise. The smell of roasted meat and steamed veggies emanated from several eateries, which had me wondering who actually came here to eat. I guessed even working boys and girls had meal breaks. There were so many establishments to visit, so many tastes to savor, and I didn't know which one to go to. Someone gripped my tail lightly, and I spun around in surprise, my brush slipping out of my Acosta's grip. It was yet another fox, a red just like me. New here? Show me a good time, giggled the fox. I stared agape at her, eyes traveling from her head to her toes. She really cut a good figure, which my eyes and sheath very much appreciated, with manageable but not overly large breasts visible through the light fabric scarf she draped across her person. I figured patrons would normally go for those of a similar species. There was something to be said for species familiarity, much like how rats would rather hang out with other rats, and wild cats would rather hang out with other smaller cats. Her scent, accentuated with a perfume resembling that of a vixen in heat, had me tempted to hire her right then and there, but years of shopping for entirely different merchandise told me to take a look around first. No, no thanks, I stuttered. The vixen gave me a mock pout. Not that you ain't pretty or anything, but, uh... Ah, it's okay. The fox flapped a paw in a playful dismissal. Come to try another flavor beside fox, eh? Just what are you looking for? Maybe I can help. She gave a loud smack on a left rump. I'm Virgo, by the way. Crap. I'd not thought any further than that. Plan was to play it by ear and make a decision based on where the fancy takes me. But if I'm gonna have to pay... I might as well get my money's worth. From my understanding, working boys and girls weren't generally priced according to species, but popularity. That said, some species would be more popular than others, as for whatever preferences patrons may have. I wanted a good time that rivaled the best of my experiences, but try as I might, I couldn't recall any encounter that stood out. There was the badger lady, there was a skunk guy, there was even this she-bear that nearly squashed the life out of me when she rode cowgirl, then there was this sable... sable? Sasha wasn't the most skilled of bedmates, but he sure was energetic, even enthusiastic when we'd first met. He would leave me panting, be it when he was bouncing across my shaft, each squelch and a slurp a testament to his vigor. When he topped, he would grip my tail and yank my foxy self toward him, sinking his needle-like fangs into my ass, a virtue must-align flexibility. Made me hard, even harder just thinking about it. But the truth was, he no longer did all that for me. I would just have to find someone else to do the same. Virgo's eyes lit up when I told her what I needed. 
This was the first of two parts of When the Needs Are Denied by Mikasi Wolf. Read for you by Crimson Ruari, the Mountain Smith. Tune in next time to find out how far will Cliffy go. Will he get the experience of a lifetime or lose whatever's left of his integrity? As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog. 